it's the Creator Spaces Show. Welcome back to the Creator Spaces Show. And today, we're talking about unbundling marketplaces with Roman Balin. This conversation highlights why building in public is crucial to audience growth, and most importantly, finding the right audience. Let's get right into it. Do you consider yourself a creator? I think it's really since I started publishing the newsletter that I became maybe a little bit more confident in saying that, hey, yeah, I am a creator. And that's the uh, business inquirer. Yep, exactly. And I think at least to me, you are prototypical modern industrialist. I use the term to describe somebody who's creator, investor, entrepreneur. And the reason I say that is it seems like the things you're working on as an entrepreneur now are directly related to your work as a creator. And I'm guessing if you're not investing yet, you will be someday just based on the areas that you have chosen to <laughs> create and build it. So what do you create? I think it's relatively easy to define the term creator, right? But I think it's a bit harder to define a creation, right? So to this conversation, we'll steer towards the business side of things. <laughs> I think a couple of things, right? One, I create and share ideas. That's one. I publish a free weekly newsletter called The Business Inquirer. I'm the founder of Transactionally, which is a legal tech software business. So that's three. I recently launched Dudelio, which is a business due diligence marketplace for. Yeah, so I think it's a lot of things. A modern industrialist is an entrepreneur who is active in both geographically limited and 100% digital businesses. He or she leverages relationships developed in both those worlds to acquire digital wealth that is later channeled into local impact. Roman has a passion of creating and sharing ideas. That's why it suits him perfectly. Michael Greenberg created a modern industrialist scorecard that you can find in the description of this episode if you'd like to know how you score. Now, let's listen to Roman's interesting take on audience building. So how do you build up your audience now? I'll say, I think a huge caveat, I don't have a big audience. So I have maybe, I don't know, a hundred Twitter followers. I have 600 newsletter subscribers. And this is the first podcast I've been invited. So number one, I don't think you need a big audience. I think you need the right audience. I think right now there's a lot of conversation about how many followers do you have, Instagram. So I don't think that's the right conversation. And I'll tell you that the thing has, that has worked for me to build the right audience is really to share my ideas, share content in relative communities. That's number one. And then number two, that I think I started doing more recently is build in public. Whether it's sharing the progress, what you're doing on Twitter or sharing an idea on Kernel or sharing the newsletter in a particular community. I think those are the key, just sharing relevant content and building in public. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So that's that, be that, working that, so far for you. It has. And I'll tell you this little story. So this, so I, I had this idea for a little bit. I have an idea of basically building micro acquire, but for no code projects. And then today in the shower, I'm like, okay, I got to explore this a little bit more because I think it's a great idea. I posted the idea in online in a group called Trends. I posted the idea there. I got a bunch of replies to people like, yeah, oh my God, they're great. I think I'm looking for to buy a no-code project. I think that doing diligence on a no-code project is super easy. So there's a lot less friction to buying and selling a no-code business. Yeah. So there I got a little bit of validation. I posted, I posted the same idea 
on uh, Kernel, K-E-R-N dot A-L. It's a new community where anyone can share a business idea and A, get feedback on it, get collaborators if anyone wants to help build it, and investors if anyone wants to invest. So I shared the idea on Kernel. I tweeted it out immediately. The Kernel folks retweeted it. Tweeted, I included Andrew Gazdecki in it, who's the founder of MicroQuire. Nice. Read it back, message me. Yes, I love this idea. Microquire for X. If you need more of these, let's do it. Then on the kernel platform, another person commented saying, Hey, this is awesome. I love it. Uh, I'm an expert in building community. I'm going to help you build a community around this. This happened between 10 30 or 11 a.m. And right now it's 1 11 p.m. Wow. I think that's a prime example. You don't need 20,000 subscribers unless you're promoting Bitcoin. It's better to have a hundred followers, but the right followers than a thousand of random and not targeted. Building in public can be crucial to audience growth, but you first have to overcome the fear of sharing your ideas in public. Roman's story sure does exemplify why the size of your audience doesn't matter as much as you think it does. We all know about vanity metrics. They only make you look good to others, but don't help you understand your own performance in a way that can steer your future business decisions. You talk about really technical topics. When I think of the topics that you really focus on for your work, it's like the only people interested in this already know the definition of private equity. And they're actively looking at transactions in the 10 to 10 million range. And they're in many cases doing this entirely online. And that's something that most of the world doesn't even know can happen. I know it took my dad four or five years to realize that I could actually make money online. How do you go about thinking about that sort of audience size issue? Or is that even an issue to you, given that your topics are so specialized? Yeah, I'll be honest. That's not something I thought about. Um, when I launched the newsletter, I was doing it for fun. I was doing it to as a creative outlet. And yeah, I didn't even think about who's the audience, how they want me to talk about these businesses that I highlight in the newsletter. I just thought, what's interesting to me? What value can I provide? And and that took some time also. It wasn't right away that I got the formatting, the, that I found my voice. All of these things really happened over the last maybe couple of weeks where I finally feel like the newsletter is my voice. It's in the right format and it adds the right amount of value. And I launched it seven months ago, six months ago. So it's a process. It's not something that happens right away. Your creations can teach you more about yourself than you could have imagined. The key to finding your voice is creating what's interesting to you. The more you create and share, the more feedback you'll get from people that resonate with your work. It's going to take time, but it will be worth it. How do you go about monetizing now? That's a million dollar question, right? So today, really only one of my projects is monetized, and that's transaction. That's the legal tech software. The newsletter is free and I don't have any sponsors. Dudilio, the business intelligence marketplace, is too early to monetize. Transactionally, it's monetized just as a normal monthly subscription, typical. And I think the newsletter is really going to be a promotion tool for Dudilio, for the due diligence marketplace, as well as for this no-code marketplace. Are you interested yeah. in starting another marketplace at the same time? Yeah, I am. I got one for you. So my theory, whenever you're building marketplace technology in mm -hmm. niches, is that you copy paste it or you should copy paste it into as many yep. related ones as you can at once. 
And okay. so yeah. if I look at microacquire, which wants to be focused on SaaS, mm -hmm. then the unbundling of it, where I see things that don't fit on microacquire right now are things yep. with service revenue, yep. things that are no code, and then yep. things that are pre-revenue. I'm not sure about the pre-revenue one. It seems like people do buy and sell those on microacquire, but I'm not sure if that's really the place for that sort of validated, but not yet grown idea. Yeah, I agree. I think all of everything that, you know, all the marketplaces that I'm launching are unbundling or something else. Like Dedelio is on unbundling of Upwork and Catalan. The other one for no code is unbundling of microacquire. I 100% agree, I think. I think that's the right strategy. What's your North Star metric for success? Yeah, not an easy question to answer. I think personal metric of success is just being happy and engaged with what I'm doing. So working on something where I'm constantly learning that brings me more connections. I think that's a personal metric of success. From a business standpoint, I really want to have three or four businesses that I enjoy working on. Each one brings me a certain amount of cash flow. That's really my North Star for today, so I think. Learning that's, and cash flow. Yes. Yeah, I know. It's they go hand combo. in hand. Yeah, yeah. I want to optimize for lifestyle. Um, I don't have an interest in kind of building the next Facebook or something huge. That's not my goal. But the people that I really admire are really the ones that have a great lifestyle, are engaged, have a couple of businesses, working on different things, have good relationships. That's my both business and a personal North Star. It's not enough just to create every now and then. You need to lead a creative life always seeking to learn something new every day. Not putting your entire focus on profitability and consistently feeding your creative passion ironically leads to more financial rewards in the long run. So what's your current goal as a creator then? One of the beautiful things about being a creator is that it opens up a lot of opportunities and many of them are really unexpected. If a year ago you told me that I would have a newsletter and working on two marketplaces, I would say there's no way that's gonna happen. Today, here I am. I want to make sure that as these opportunities come, I'm really taking full advantage of them and not letting them slip by. You know, that's a little bit of a broad answer. So let's get into some specifics then. My next goal is Pro Didilio. I launched that about a month and a half ago. So I think there's a good amount of work to do there. And then the second goal is to launch a different marketplace, microacquire just for no-code businesses. I really want to be better at growing at scaling a project. I think one of the things I'm good at is launching and taking action. What I'm not so good at, at, at is really growth and scaling something. I want to be better at the marketing part. I want to be better at building partnerships. Could you elaborate on that? I mean, is there a learning plan in place for you to develop a growth plan? Yes. Uh, so first, I think I'm starting to reach out to more people that are good at growth and just getting on conversations with them. And you know, that's the first step is just getting help. Number two is I think be more deliberate about it. When you're coming up with ideas, launching, everything's fast and topsy-turvy. And when you're trying to grow something and scale it, I, I really do think you need a more methodical approach. You need to figure out, okay, uh, these are the resources that I have. How can I deploy those resources to grow this project in the most efficient manner? And that takes planning. Oh, so that's just partnerships. You keep that, doing partnerships. And then you keep uh, doing uh, partnerships. And then eventually you have enough money that you can set up a paid uh, ad uh, budget. Uh, 
<laughs> and then you keep doing partnerships, retargeting the people with ads that you do partnerships okay. to. And then you keep doing more partnerships. That's what I needed to hear. Yeah, like you find <laughs> newsletters with 500 to 1,000 readers. You go out and you partner with those newsletters to do a swap of mentions, you know, yeah. and a little classified style ad in each of yours. And then you do two of those every week. And then in two months, you'll be at 5,000. Got it. So I need to get better at that. Yeah. Methodical outreach. Very methodical. Yeah. I'm so bad at doing it myself, but I do it for clients. And sure. I know I need to start doing it for myself because that's just the steadiest growth you can get. Identifying and taking full advantage of opportunities is a skill in its own that Michael broke down quite well in this section. They say that luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Seek out partnerships and collaborations through methodical outreach to make your own luck. And as always, we wrap it all up by answering the question. If you could send a tweet back to your start, what would it be? And you get to choose so, the start. And I get to choose the start. Oof. Oh man, I think honestly just I think that's the biggest kind of advice that I give to anyone that asks is if you're thinking of doing something, just start. And I wish that, I wish I started the newsletter earlier. I wish I started my entrepreneurial journey earlier. Everything that I'm doing now, I wish I started earlier. So that's the big tweet that I would, that I would send to myself. <laughs>